All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here today. Uh, happy, it's Wednesday. Happy hump day to you. I hope your week has been well so far. I'm really excited about this conversation, this episode today, and I'm going to introduce our guest here in just a second. But before I do, just make sure, for those of you that are live streaming, be part of the conversation today. Join in, ask questions, comment. Uh, and as I say so many times, you can send us funny emojis too. Make us laugh a little bit. That'll be fun. And then if you are not listening to the live stream or you're not watching this live, uh, do make sure to follow us at Boca Podcast, B-O-K-E-H Podcast on all the socials. Uh, particularly Instagram, you can follow us there and make sure to keep up to date with the upcoming live stream. Would love for you to be part of the conversation, part of the live stream, and take advantage, of course, of the opportunity to interact with our guests and myself. So plan on that. And really, that's enough for an introduction. I want to introduce our, uh, well, a brand new guest and a return guest, both. Um, Eden Mitchell is here with me and Lisa Ahada is here with me as well. Thank you both for being here for this new episode. Yay. Thank you for having yeah. us. So excited to be here. Well, and I didn't give any context, I guess. So for everybody listening and watching, whether live or after the fact, we're going to be doing a brand position consultation today. It's been a little bit since we've done one here on the show, but really what this gives us an opportunity to do is kind of explore a photographer, in this case, Eden's photography business and brand, look at a photographer's brand and give them some feedback and some help, suggestions, ideas as to how they might be able to refine their brand and brand position for the sake of being able to capture the attention of potential clients uh, more effectively. And I have to say already, in fact, I'll, I'll pull up Eden's site here in just a second, but Eden's making our job easy today with both beautiful work and already a really pretty site. Um, so I just have, we'll lead Thank with that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, and even on that note, I should just go ahead and pull this up. I, I was yeah. perusing your site earlier again, Eden, for, I don't know, the third or fourth time and just kind of <laughs> scrolling through and you're looking at your work and it's just absolutely beautiful, beautiful stuff. So yeah, major props oh, to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And so on that note then, and we already have uh, a couple of live streamers joining us. I want to share Sharonda saying from YouTube, hello from Dallas. Hope everyone is doing well today. Thanks Sharonda for joining oh, us. Dallas. I really appreciate that. Shout out. And uh, for any else, anybody else who joins us, don't be shy. Join in, comment, ask questions as we go along here. But Eden, I, I mentioned to you before we get started, I want to kind of lead with a little bit of an explanation for anybody who doesn't know or understand what brand position or brand positioning is. Um, an introduction there, and then we'll kind of get into the backstory of your brand and uh, go from there. Does that sound okay to you? Sounds great. Okay, perfect. So brand position on a really simple level. Is that a phrase that you had heard much before, Eden? Honestly, just on your show, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not one that's talked about a lot in our industry, which is one of the main reasons why we discuss it here. Uh, brand position on a very simple level is just value proposition. And a good brand position is a unique value proposition, right? So if I say I'm a wedding photographer, but there are a hundred other wedding photographers in my market saying there are wedding photographers, then I'm just going to get lost in the mix. And in our current 2023 market, there are a lot of photographers, wedding portrait or otherwise, and unfortunately, the tendency in photographers have in our industry is to kind of copy paste what the other person is doing, either because they don't have they don't know better. Uh, maybe just they just simply admire another photographer or their frame of reference is what the rest of the industry is doing. They're like, I like that. I like that. So I'll do those same things. And they're shooting the same way. They're saying the same things. They're using the same website templates and Lightroom presets. And it all just kind of starts to run together. So one of the ways that we can stand out more effectively amongst the masses, if you will, amongst the crowd and the chaos is with a, an effective brand position and brand position statement. Some photographers 
and you may notice this as you look at other photographers' website, they may have a position statement, but a lot of times photographers just use that for the sake of SEO. Um, maybe they're, they, they want to have some cute creative statement that represents how they feel about their photography business. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it kind of takes, takes away from the effectiveness of the brand position when they're not thinking about the broader market. They're not thinking as well what it is that they're trying to even achieve as, a, as an individual and ultimately a photography business owner. So we, we go a little bit deeper here with this concept of a brand position statement. And um, the first way that we do that really is to get context as to your perspective, your intention behind the photography business. And so I kind of want to lead with that. Maybe you can just give us a little bit of a, a background story. Like how long have you actually been in photography at this point? Um, so I, I guess it's been about three and a half years now. Um, I, I'm actually a nurse by trade. Um, so I was a nurse before. Um, and whenever my son was born, I s s quit nursing to stay home with him. Um, so photography, I've, I've been like, photography has been one of my main hobbies for, since I was in middle school. Um, <clears throat> and I kind of put it away for a number of years after college and then like, you know, through getting married. And, um, when my son was a little under a year old, my husband's also like very creative and, cool. um, he's done some photo and video and, um, we started just tossing around the idea of doing some kind of photo video business together. So, um, we actually rented a camera. Um, at that point we didn't have, we just had like very old SLRs. So we rented a camera to go on a family vacation and, um, kind of fell in love with it and ended up buying it from the rental company. And then probably a month later, this business was born. So, um, and when I started out, I was kind of doing a little bit of everything like a lot of people do. Um, I just, I kind of latched on to a lifestyle photographer that's a big name that I really liked her work and um, took some of her courses and um, like, you know, was just kind of doing that kind of following in her um, style and everything and um, was doing seniors and maternity and newborn and all the different things. Um, so I did that for a number of years, I guess, two-ish years, two and a half years. And then COVID hit and my business basically came to a standstill like everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it was during COVID that this whole kind of kids, um, you know, children's portraiture um, was born. So, and that I do still do, um, you know, some of the other like family and newborn, but um, my primary focus now is on children. Well, and your, your focus and your talent, obviously, it's just, oh, it truly you. is beautiful. <laughs> it really, I'm impressed. And I'll go ahead and we'll talk about the, your marketplace later on. But I was telling Lisa this when we were chatting earlier, I, I said, I, I did some market research and prep for our conversation today and looking around your market, Fort Worth, and even in, in, a bit into Dallas as well. I, I was just, I mean, there's literally nothing like it. It doesn't even come close. Yeah. So I, it, yeah, that, that's no, please go ahead. Well, that, I mean, so whenever I, you know, and this might be going into like some of what we'll talk about later, but um, whenever I, you know, decided to kind of steer my business completely towards this, I, um, 
I had taken pictures of my son and I was like, wow, this is, you know, I just saw a lot of value in it. And I was like, what if this was my whole business? Like, but I really felt that like I, I kind of started doing some research and seeing like, wow, no one else is doing this. Like, is no one else doing this because there's not a market for it or because people don't know that it they're missing it? You know what I mean? Like, um, and so that was, but I just, I felt, I mean, when I started my business, I, I really loved, you know, doing all those different kinds of photography, but I definitely felt the more that I thought about it and the more I started um, kind of focusing on children's, I I really started to believe that there was a market for it, even though it didn't really exist yet. Um, yeah. And the more that I focused on it, the more and more confident I felt that other people just needed to be convinced that, <laughs> you know... So, and I don't even think there's going to be much convincing needed. It's just a matter of getting eyes on your work because it is yeah. so refreshing. It really does stand out from what everybody is in the marketplace is doing. And it's kind of a beautiful, a bit of a rare example, but a beautiful example of somebody, yourself, an entrepreneur, a photographer who decided that, hey, you know what? The market needs this. And you just made that decision and you put it out there and people didn't realize they needed it beforehand, but now they're like, oh my goodness, I have to have that. Uh, and yeah. it, it doesn't happen all the time, but that it's a really cool example of that. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely feels like going out on a limb for sure. But I honestly base it off of my own experience as a parent. Like I, I know that other people, you know, it will matter to them because I realize how much it matters to me now. And you know, I mean, like, just because no one's doing it doesn't mean that people don't need it or that they don't know that they need it, you know, right. so. Yeah, and it's kind of a, it's a <clears throat> bit of a catch-22 because we can come up with some pretty, I mean, there are plenty of things that we like that are highly, highly subjective. And you might be able to find a core yeah. group of people that have similar interests. Let's just say if we take a, you know, a random hobby, for example it's one thing to be interested in something. It's another thing for there to actually be market opportunity. But the reality yeah. is what it is that you're offering here is highly relevant to the market. And then it effectively captures the personality of these children in a way that is so, it's so poignant, I guess is the best word I can think of the way that you photograph them with that simple white background and, and nothing fancy as far as the processing. So either color, black and white, it just allows you to focus on the subject and their, their emotions. And I, I mean, it's really a whole, in fact, I'd love to have you back on the show at some point to talk about how you get the emotion from these kids the way that you do, because yeah, it's just stunning. It's really, really cool. Thank All right. you. And, and by the way, Sue said uh, from YouTube, she says, hi from Sun Valley. Thanks for joining us, Sue. Appreciate you saying hello and joining us again. Um, and we already mentioned just kind of in passing, that you're in the Dallas Fort Worth, more so Fort Worth market. You said what 60, 70% of your business is in the Fort Worth area. Is that right? Yeah, I, I do some, so I live actually in technically in Mansfield, which is South East of, um, Fort Worth, like 20 minute drive. Um, and so I do do some work down here, but I would say predominantly like within the actual city of Fort Worth. So I'm okay. from Fort Worth and I, you know, I have a lot more connections, kind of in that area so and I'll share a little bit of some of the, the stats that I saw from an kind of an SEO standpoint when I was looking at both Dallas and Fort Worth from a from a search term standpoint or a search phrase standpoint later on 
Um, but it seems like you've got, I mean, well, there's almost a million people just in Fort Worth. So you've got a, a yeah. plenty big market, even if you were just to focus there in that Fort Worth area. And it seems a lot of times it makes sense to continue to focus on where say 80%, 70, 80% of your business already is just to continue to double down and, and keep that momentum going versus trying to branch out. The cool thing is we'll discuss is that there's plenty of opportunity, certainly in Dallas. Dallas is so massive. And yeah. um, when you look at the, the number of people searching for family photography, for example, um, I, I want to say it's something like double or close to double the number of searches in the Dallas market versus the Fort Worth oh, market. Oh, wow. So as long okay. as you have plenty of business there in Fort Worth, keep going. Like no reason to, to kind of uh, get yourself distracted. But there's mm -hmm. always opportunity if you want to expand that when you're thinking about SEO and who you're actually trying to reach. Um, you could always expand to that market and would certainly add a lot more. And um, oh, and, and Sharonda said from YouTube, she said, you're in Mansfield. I'm in, how do you pronounce oh. that? Waxahachie. Okay, I'm not gonna even try. <laughs> That's just like 20 minutes south of me, southeast. So, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for saying hello, Sharonda. And um, so let, let's keep going there because I, I know we have a lot to talk about. When you talk about the type of photography that you offer, how do you sum that up to your clients? Like, if you had one sentence or phrase, how do you currently sum it up? Um, I think I'm trying to think what I say on my website, but. Um, yeah, children's portrait, like a, capturing children's portraits, um, in a way that, that kind of captures like them exactly where they are, like mm -hmm. who they are and exactly where they are in whatever age or stage that is. Yeah. And I'll actually pull up your website because you, you do, you describe it really wonderfully. I think on, there's a little bit on the homepage, yeah, simple, honest, playful portraits of your kids being kids. I mean, that, that's a really nice summation. Um, on the about page, you go into it a little bit more. And I like the way that you said this photos that take you back to the special way your kid laughed, smiled shyly, made that one silly face, could sit still year after year, because we all know however old ours are that babies don't keep. And, um, the, but the way that you describe the significance of ultimately capturing their personalities, where they're, where they are, I think is, it's so important. And again, you're not just saying something and then just for the sake of saying it and doing something else, you're, you're literally doing that. And I think we've got a really great position statement that, that can represent that effectively. And we'll get to that in just a second, but again, context matters. And this is why we're kind of going through some of these questions. What type of services at this point are you offering? Is it strictly studio portraits for family or for kids more specifically? So I, <clears throat> I, that is the main, I mean, my main thing is just the kids portraits. Um, but my, you know, what I was doing before of, I mean, if you scroll to the very bottom of my Instagram, you'll see kind of what I was doing in the beginning of, um, like outdoor kids and I mean, outdoor, um, families and maternity, um, and then some in-home newborn, um, and then some in-studio newborn. And so I, I do still do those, you know, some of those sessions, um, which, I mean, I don't advertise that like anywhere that's public. Um, so if somebody, usually it's just someone that reaches out by word of mouth, like sure. been a referral and they say, Hey, do you do this? And I will just send them like a private link, um, to like a private gallery. Um, so I, I intend to like in the future, um, I would, like to like, you know, move over to doing solely children. But right now I just, I kind of like still having that part of my business and, um, yeah, the variety and, and the revenue too, you know, so, um, yeah. 
Well, that's just, again, that's good to know because, and, and you're in a bit of a unique situation in that, again, you're, you're kind of steps ahead of a lot of photographers who are maybe earlier in their business or they've done a variety of things for a while and there's not a lot of clarity and direction and focus in their business. You already have a pretty clear focus. It's obvious. And I will say compliment like props to you in that even though you are offering those other services, they're not, they don't hold a prominent place on your website. I think that that could yeah. ultimately distract from the brand and you've got a super strong brand already. Um, if you start to add that stuff into the website, then, then even if it's subconscious, those clients or potential clients come to your site, they're like, is she a child photographer or is she family or is she doing this? Yeah. It, it leaves them with some questions. Whereas the way that you're currently set up, there's very obvious clarity and direction for the brand. And, and I think that's really, really important. Again, if you want to stand out, you need clarity, you need specificity. Yeah. That's going to enable you to stand out amongst the other family photographers in the area. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I, that's something that I, I really went back and forth on like, should I somehow still incorporate this into my website or, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen other photographers that have like created a separate brand. Um, like they have their family, sure. you know, photography page, and then they create a separate page for like children's, you know, mm -hmm. personality photos. And I just, mm -hmm. I was just, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, and so I kind of just said, you know what, I'm going to take all of that stuff off. And if it still keeps going, it does. If it doesn't, then I can just let it go. <laughs> so you've got something good here. And, and, um, even if you experience an occasional blip, like a down downtrend or downward turn in revenue from this brand, I, I just want to, I'm a huge fan. So I just want to encourage you to keep pushing because what you've got is unique Thank and, you. and you'll continue to be, especially <clears throat> as you establish even more clarity for the sake of the brand, you'll continue to develop a certain level of momentum that will enable you not just to work in Fort Worth, but beyond because yeah. I've been in the industry 20 years. I've looked at a lot of photographers' websites and this definitely stands out. So I, yeah, again, Thank just to you. give you props there, but um, just to kind of keep going too. again, further context for the sake of conversation. And for those listening and watching, you, you haven't heard one of these episodes before. You're like, why is Nate talking about, I thought we were going to talk about brand positioning. Why is he asking questions of, you know, about the marketplace, for example, when we consider a brand position statement, again, what we're trying to do is not just come up with a cute phrase we put on the website, but a position statement that represents why our brand is unique. But then what that's going to translate to is that it literally will drive everything that we're doing day to day in our business. And so as a result, we shouldn't kind of treat it so lightly, right? It's not just coming up with some cute phrases or going, mm -hmm. of course, now the thing is to go to ChatGPT and ask ChatGPT what, what it is that we should say <laughs> on our website. Like it's, 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 a lot deeper than that here. We're actually talking about what will ultimately represent a business model. How do I spend my time day in and day out? The work that I'm doing, the marketing that I'm doing, the marketing messages, et cetera, all of it is going to be centered around this brand position. So it's really important to consider it from a deeper personal level and certainly to look at the marketplaces we're going to do. Just one or two more questions here. What would you consider as a child photographer, studio photographer, one of your, couple of your, your target customers' biggest pain points? So, you know, I would say, um, and this is something that like from the beginning of when I started this, um, you know, kind of switched over to only doing kids, I felt like they were pain points that people don't know they have <laughs> until, you know, it's kind of going back to what we're saying, like, um, about just, you know, showing people something that they didn't know they needed. Mm. Um, and that's what I feel like the pain points are like people don't necessarily maybe in the past, like whenever, you know, Olin Mills and all that was like 
just part of life. Like that's, you know, you got, took your kids to get their pictures taken at the studio. Like, um, but I feel like now that's not something that people just think about, but I feel like a pain point is like people not having pictures of their kids alone, you know, alone that really show, Mm -hmm. um, them for who they are, Mm -hmm. you know, however old they are, like really expressive pictures to help you remember them um, in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I would say that's the biggest one. Um, But again, it's something that like people, I don't think people realize that they have that pain point until you show them. Do you, the other thing that I noticed and the question really ultimately is what, what makes your work different from other studios or or photography businesses in your area. But I'll just go ahead and say that one of the things that stood out to me was the simplicity of the style of photography. When I think about, I mean, I'm I'm a parent of two and especially when they were younger, certainly a bit of a handful at times. So I know that the idea of going to a studio to have a session done, if there are a lot of moving parts, if it's, when I, when I think about simplicity, I think about minimizing the number of moving parts, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we create unnecessary stress for our, our, <clears throat> ourselves individually as just as human beings, certainly as business owners by doing so many different things. We have a lot of moving parts in our business and our life. It complicates things unnecessarily and intentionally. That's part of the reason I'm such a minimalist, but when it comes to business in particular, it makes not only our lives more complicated, but potentially the lives of the customers that we're interact with, interacting with more complicated. If it takes 68 different steps to try to book you or to try to have a mm-hmm. session done with you. And in your case, you've got a simple white background and it's, it's no frills. The cool mm-hmm. thing is despite, and, and actually because of the fact that it's no frills, it makes the images really stand out. Would you say though, that that simplicity is intentional for the sake of easing the stress of clients or is that just kind of, it just automatically or it came as part of the package? Um, you know, that really wasn't the intention, but I think that's a really good point. Um, because I do, you know, especially like, I feel like, you know, even though children's, like children's portrait photography hasn't really been a thing, um, you know, for, I don't know with ever, but just when I do think of what I have seen, I think of, um, kind of that really formal, portrait photography of kids with like a lot of props or like backgrounds, you know, that maybe are more busy, um, Mm -hmm. of that kind of style. So, and that whenever I, (laughs) yeah, Lisa's posing for us over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I have, I've had, um, I've done some sessions where I've had parents like grandparents be like, Oh, you know, what if we bring this in? What if we bring this in? Because that's what they're used to, you know, that's what they know of it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, like it definitely was more just the style, but I do think you make a really good point of it being like lowering the stress of like prepping and going through that session whenever you take out all those distractions and everything. Well, and I think it's a really strong point. Um, and again, I'm a bit biased because I'm a minimalist. I, I like a few moving parts and, and it re- but the cool thing about it, the benefit there is it really does further enhance your intention, which is to highlight the personality of these children. You take all the moving parts out, all the background, even mm-hmm. color out in some cases. And it just, the, the viewer gets to enjoy the personality of the child coming through in their expression. And by the way, for anybody listening, and I've been posting this up on the screen, um, but 
Eden Mitchell, E-D-E-N-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.com. And uh, then Eden Mitchell Photography on Instagram. Make sure you go check out Eden's work because you're going to be blown away. I'm I'm still kind of amazed, Eden, thinking about the expression that you're managing to capture on these kids' faces. Kids are expressive, but the challenge, of course, is being able to capture it, right? Like, how do you get them sitting there? And and so, yeah, I would, <laughs> if you're game, at some point, I'd love to come back and do an episode and actually dig into that a little bit because it's, it's yeah, really, definitely. really cool. But the other, I mentioned there are kind of two elements to, to considering how to come up with or to establish a brand position statement, which, of course, ultimately drives the business model that we run. One is to consider what it is that that we're intending as an individual and then as a business owner. What is it that we're wanting to accomplish and where does that come from? And so we go through some of these questions that we talked about. There's also a certain amount of um, kind of on a second level, an awareness of the marketplace that is, ne is necessary in order for us to come up with a brand position statement. Again, a lot of photographers, they might write, you know, a cute position statement and pop that up on, on their website or they're considering SEO. So they're just using all the important keywords. But what we're trying to do here is write a position statement that not only has the benefit, certainly of SEO, but ultimately represents in just a few words, what makes your business unique comparison to the photographers around you. In order to do that, of course, we naturally have to look at the other photographers in the marketplace. Now, as I always say here, um, or I've said so many times, we're not going to call out any other business names. But what I do want to do, because I, I spent some time going through a bunch of the websites of the photographers, both in Dallas, but particularly in, in Fort Worth and looked at those websites, not only getting to see what it is that they're offering visually, but also what it is that they're saying. Not every photographer has a position statement, but those that did or had some version of a position statement, I went ahead and made note of. So I'm just gonna run through these really quick. And again, the goal here is to create awareness for ourselves of what other photographers are not only offering, uh, the type of photography that they're offering, certainly the prices that they're charging, but what is it that they're saying about their brand? And as a result of developing that awareness, we're then able to more effectively come up with a position statement that causes us to be, to stand out, to, to actually be different um, versus just writing a, you know, a cute phrase or a few words. So I'm just going to read through these really quick. And this is doing a search for Fort Worth family photographers, <coughs> the Google search that I did. And I was just scanning through the, the business results. And anybody listening or watching, you can do this as well, certainly in your own marketplace, um, looking at the business results, which play an even more important role than they have in years past. Um, just looking at the regular Google search results or organic results as well. But I'm just going to read through these really quick, Eden, just to kind of give you an idea. Um, this, fir this first one, Dallas Fort Worth International award-winning newborn photographer, uh, Fort Worth's leading luxury newborn photographer was kind of the subtext to that. Joyful images full of light and love. Something I've talked about on the show numerous times at this point is, and we've already alluded to it here today too, the, the cute phrases are nice, but do they actually carry meaning on a very practical level? We have to think about the potential client, our target market, the language that they use on a day-to-day -day basis and speak that language, not mm. using cute words that we hear, you know, 5,000 other photographers also saying, and so we just do the same thing. Do those mm -hmm. words actually carry meaning and do they actually represent something? Joyful images full of light and love. It's cute, but what does that actually mean? You know, it's it, right. those, those words can be very, very subjective in nature. So we have to think about that. Uh, the next one, celebrate your life. Again, it, it's kind of vague. It's like, what does that mean? Um, and as a photographer, I can start to read into it and I understand the likely intention, right? But we have to not think as photographers when we're coming up with these position statements. Uh, another one, making your memories last a lifetime. Another one is professional newborn photographer in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, custom newborn and maternity photography for busy moms in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, fetching portraits in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, uh, newborn cake smash and family photography. That was a, that's one I hadn't seen before. Uh, real life and real smiles was another one. 
Child family senior photographer, South Lake lifestyle and documentary family photographer based in Fort Worth, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth photographers specializing in storytelling, uh, show the world who you are, modern, innovative senior portraits for teens, award winner, Dallas, Fort Worth photographer. Another one is we curate beautiful images to tell your story. And I'm not going to read through all of these. It just goes on and on. I, what I will say on a very simple level is that these statements don't carry a ton of meaning. They certainly don't carry enough specificity to enable that particular photographer to stand out. They may play well in some cases, not all of them certainly, but in some cases for the sake of SEO, they may be beneficial to the photographer. But if, if a potential client comes to our website, we all know the intentions, attention span of most people these days, you know, three seconds, five seconds, maybe. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to communicate in a short <clears throat> phrase in the span of three seconds, what it is that you offer and how it's different from everybody else around you in words, in language that your potential client would use regularly. That's the goal. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what I tend to suggest to photographers is let's shoot for at the, at the most eight to 10 words. And if you can get it down underneath that, then, then awesome. A, a good template for a brand position statement is uh, to, to consider at least the components of a brand position statement is the service. So you've got the service. This is the thing that I do, right? So I'm a photographer. Um, more specifically, I'm a wedding photographer. What is, what is the variation on that service that you offer that's unique? Um, I could say I'm a black and white wedding photographer, right? And then I can, I can actually take that a step further. I can call out the marketplace that I'm working for. So I'm in Chattanooga. I could say I'm a black and white wedding photographer for Chattanooga, the marketplace, and then talk to my target client couples. So that's a, that's a good example. But we're talking about the service, the variation on the service, uh, the locale, if at all possible to build that in. If not, you can use, you know, H2, like subtext. Um, and then the potential target market that you're, that you're speaking to, in this case, children, right? Um, what's interesting, by the way, just as a side note, is when, when you do a search for Fort Worth children photographer or children photography, it has little to no volume. Uh, what people mm. tend to search is photographer, just generic photographer has, of course, the biggest search volume. But you have family photographer seems to be where you're at. Studio photography, I think, even had a relatively low volume. Let me just look really quick. Yeah, so Fort Worth Photography Studio has a 210 uh, searches a month volume, uh, whereas Fort Worth Children's Photography literally came up as a zero volume. And I'm using a tool called mm -hmm. Keywords Everywhere for anybody who's listening in or is curious. Uh, Keywords Everywhere is really helpful with this, this kind of search. Okay. But then Fort Worth Photographer is a contrast, 880 searches a month. Um, so you kind of get mm -hmm. an idea. Just to give you kind of a comparison too, because um, I mentioned Dallas versus Fort Worth. Fort Worth family photographer, you get 170 searches a month um, um, for Fort Worth specifically. For Dallas, it's up to 390. So wow. I guess that's over double. Um, so yeah. again, if you have the marketplace to to serve or to to meet your goals as a business owner in Fort Worth, keep keep focusing there. I think focus makes a big big difference, especially in specificity of brand. But if you're looking for other opportunity, just know, relatively speaking, how much more opportunity you may have in Dallas if you're willing to kind of move in that direction as well. Yeah, that's great to know. So on that note, I, and, and again, I already kind of shared this earlier, but you, you've made our job. And, and by the way, everybody's curious. They're like, why is Lisa not talking? Why is Nate dominating this conversation? <laughs> we're coming to Lisa next because we're going to we're starting with a brand position statement. Lisa's going to actually talk about building brand and design um, and more specifically talk about the website as well, the colors and so forth. Um, but I, I again said this to Lisa earlier. I said, you know what? Like basically our job is easy here because already you've got just absolutely beautiful work, Eden. 
Um, it's very clear what it is that you're trying to achieve. And really, it was just a, a matter of coming up with a position statement that, by the way, is in a place that is really prominent that everybody can see immediately. The, the moment they land on your, your, your uh, website. In fact, let me just pull up your website really quick and I'll show you what I mean here. So jumping back to the homepage, when I, when I land on the homepage here, and by the way, whether on desktop or on mobile, I want to, and what I want to encourage you to do, and again, Lisa can talk a little bit more about this and how, the, how you might do this on your site, but what I would encourage you to do is not only establish that position statement, number one, but then put it in a prominent place above the fold. So without having to scroll down to go find text to read about what your brand's about, I want to mm -hmm. see that immediately. Now, if you couple that with a beautiful image or a few images, and you can talk to a web designer that could help you with this more specifically, but you couple that with, you know, because you're using so much white space, it's an amazing opportunity to have even a big image as your banner image and lay mm -hmm. text on top of that with the position statement. So immediately they know what it is that your, your business is about. I think that's going to be really, really important. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then ultimately, you're going to want to copy that to your social media profiles, Instagram, Facebook, wherever else that, that you're at, so that every single place that somebody goes, they immediately know what your business represents. Um, mm -hmm. Just as an example, on, on Instagram right now, so you've got Fort Worth Children's and Family Photographer. If, if we're just looking at the actual phrase, you're competing against a lot of photographers because there are plenty of other photographers that are saying that thing. But the mm -hmm. moment that you establish that brand position statement that speaks to what unique service you offer in comparison to all those photographers, immediately you're able to stand out. Uh, and to be clear, this is just a piece of the puzzle, but it's an important piece, um, and I think it's important to establish. So this is the suggestion that I have for you as far as a position statement. Simple studio portraits that capture your child's personality. Okay, now, I like that. What what's important, to a couple of things to note here. So we talked, first of all, about the the template earlier. So the service, right? So you're obviously offering studio portraits. That's the service or the genre, if you want, if you will, of photography here. Studio portraits, simple in my mind is kind of the distinguishing factor here because you're literally using a white background. And as a result, of course, the focus is on the subject at hand. And you've just done that so beautifully. I can't emphasize that enough. Capturing the child's personality, that's kind of, that's the emotional component of it, right? You're speaking to mm -hmm. somebody's heart. You And of course, you're able to do that very genuinely because you talked about the experience that you had with your kids and realizing the significance of that. So you've kind of got a mission built into the brand position statement, which is a bit unusual. You're able to do both in this case. But the simplicity mm -hmm. in the studio and, of, and ultimately, of course, the goal and the mission being to capture the child's personality, this... This phrase is, there's nothing fancy about it. The significance of it is that you're able to communicate what makes your service unique in everyday language. Nobody's wondering mm -hmm. what these words mean. We're not using technical terminology or the same, you know, list of five or eight or words that a lot of photographers will use, capturing memories or, you know, these other things. You're just simply communicating in everyday language to them what it is that you offer, what makes it unique, done. And it's going to take mm -hmm. all of three seconds for them to read that. And... Considering SEO and locale that you're in, you could you could actually make the you know Fort Worth family photographer. You could and speak to an SEO specialist about this, but you can build that into say the subtext or the the sub subheading, um, and either an yeah, H1 okay. or H2 depending on, on the recommendation, so that you maintain that phrase or that keyword that obviously plays a really important role in that local market when it comes to Google search. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But actually having that statement is going to immediately enable somebody to know what it is that you offer and what makes it different. And here's the thing, you're already doing it with your photography. Some photographers will have a so-called position statement. You know, I'm a, whatever, I'm a photojournalistic wedding photographer. But then they, some, they simultaneously have images on their site or in, on their Instagram feed that are highly stylized and obviously not photojournalistic. So you're mm-hmm. practicing what you preach. You make that statement. You've got the images to back it up already. It was really just a matter of coming up with a statement and putting that in a prominent location um, that will take you that much further. The other cool thing about this, though, and you already have a certain level of focus. So again, easy work. But now that you've got that statement in mind and now that everybody's seeing it, it's going to encourage specificity and focus and intention on your part as a business owner mm-hmm. as well. Everything is going to be built around that. And that will further speed up the growth of your business. Okay. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> some great great food for thought for sure. <laughs> I I No, I think the thing that I struggle with is um I think I worry about the phrasing of because I've thought about this a lot. The phrasing of like capturing your child's personality because there are a lot of family photographers like I think pretty much everywhere now it's kind of the trend as like an additional service to offer these personality, you know, sessions of, of kids. Um, Sure. That's like an additional, you know, they're also doing all these different, you know, family and newborn. And so for me, it kind of, I worry about um, getting lost in that mix, you know, even though this is the only thing that I do, like, I worry about using that same language and just kind of being lumped in, you know, which what I'm doing is not really that different, like visually, but, um, I would argue otherwise, actually. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll push back. I I think the only reason I can say this, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to give you some context, because I I hear what you're saying. The, The reason I'm able to say that is because I've done the research, right? I've spent time looking at the photographers who you're competing with, literally. And you can do mm-hmm. the same thing. It's, it's very easy to just do a quick Google search and you're going to see these. And I'm sure you've seen some already. But I, I hear you in that photographers can offer it. Mm-hmm. The, but the simple reality is that nobody is leading with it. When okay. I go to all these photographers' websites, number one, yeah, it, sure, it may be easy for somebody to buy a white background and go take a picture at least similar to what it is that you're doing. I still think you have a unique talent in the way that you're able to capture their emotion but nobody's doing it. So they can, Mm -hmm. they may offer it as a side service. Nobody's doing it. They're at least not leading with it. They're Mm -hmm. not making it the the whole portfolio, literally. I mean, your images, it's everything. It's it's this Mm -hmm. style of imagery. So nobody's leading with that and nobody's owning it. Um, And I didn't mention this earlier for the sake sake of brevity, but there are four different ways you can establish a clear and distinct brand position. One is to be the first to offer service. You're not going to be the first to offer studio portraiture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a tough sell, but it at least has to be mentioned. The The second way to go about establishing a unique brand position is to be the first, first to own a service. So let's just say that like, and this is a bit nuanced to be clear, but in a marketplace of a bunch of wedding photographers, if I say I'm a wedding photographer, I'm going to get lost because plenty of people saying that. If I say I am Chattanooga's premier wedding photographer, again, it's a bit nuanced, but if I say that and then back it up with an experience that just blows any other wedding photographer's experience out of the water, word's going to get around and I can back that up and I'll be able to actually lead with that. You're in a bit Mm -hmm. of a unique situation because the the third way here is to offer unique variation on a service. And that's the easiest way to create a distinct brand position. You're doing that. But what's interesting is you also have the opportunity to own this space, 
Because again, there may be other photographers that are offering this service as a side side gig, but nobody's nobody's owning that space. Nobody's leading with that. Nobody's talking about it on the home uh, the, their homepage. Literally, nobody. Mm -hmm. So. Okay there's a potential that somebody might come along and try to start copying you, but you've already led with it. And at that point, they're just copying you. But you're actually, you have a really interesting opportunity here to lead with this. Even in being in as large a marketplace as you are DFW there, mm -hmm. nobody's doing it. I mean, it's just yeah. as simple as that. So I hear you, I empathize with you and that you've heard okay. other photographers, you've seen a little bit here and there. Nobody is leading with this. Nobody's led with the statement. Their work mm -hmm. doesn't reflect it. So I would actually argue that you're in a really cool up you have you're in a cool space and you have an opportunity to to offer something unique already um, yeah okay and i i wouldn't i wouldn't back off too much from that you like you it's, okay it's a bit unique but you've you've got it yeah okay i'm gonna, i'm telling you i'm i'm your biggest fan i'm gonna keep pushing you encouraging you <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right enough of me talking i want to 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 kind of hand the the mic over to lisa and lisa maybe you can jump in here and share some of what you what you shared with me i i got a sne secret sneak peek and it's pretty exciting Yay. Yeah. Okay. yeah yeah and um like nathan was saying too we were discussing about you beforehand and my only note for your business is to move it to california so that oh. you can <laughs> um, i would love to that, come to california Oh my God, yes, please. Just and come here and just um, be our go-to photographer because like Nathan was saying, your work is absolutely stunning and it oh, really you. speaks for itself, which is amazing. And Nathan, before we go too deep into the design part too, I had a question about that particular word personality because I thought that mm. was really interesting what um, Eden was bringing up that they, there are people calling it personality mini sessions, right? Essentially. Mm. Is there a value in borrowing that word into her brand positioning to kind of capture some of that? Or could it be confusing? Like what's sort of your take on that? And actually using the word in the statement itself? Yeah, because that's sort of, we're kind of borrowing a little bit, right? Of that name that people are calling this type of photography in their own business and kind of owning that um, into her brand positioning it it's using it in a different way and it's very specific to what she's doing does that help with her seo even if someone has heard the heard it being mentioned as personality minis like would she be able to um sort of capitalize on some of that knowledge and volume that people might be generating for her that's an interesting question the, the thing is the phrase personality minis is a is a photographer specific phrase right mm -hmm. so the average individual who's thinking about getting their family portrait taken or child portrait taken that phrase isn't immediately popping to mind um, okay. so i don't so much think that we're borrowing that phrase or that word i don't think it's going to carry enough significance from an seo standpoint um, what it does do is effectively communicate which what they're also going to immediately see in those pictures and and it specifies the the mission behind the imagery that that Eden is creating. So I, I think that's the value in it. Um, it. Does that make? Am I answering the question right? I I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Because and the reason why I wanted to make sure that I clarify that is like Nathan was saying, the brand positioning statement is going to be sort of the north star for your business, not just in the business decisions that you're making, but also in design too, right? Because mm -hmm. what so much of design is so subjective that it becomes really hard to start choosing for yourself, you know, even what shade of blue do I go with, right? Because it, yes. it becomes like, <laughs> it, there's the rainbow in the spectrum is just insane. Yeah. But when you have that brand positioning statement, what you can do is check all of your design decisions even against that, right? To say like, okay, well, you know, what 
are the types of design that I should use to make sure that I'm communicating that this is a simple process? What are the types of, you know, layouts or um, fonts that I can use to make sure that I'm communicating what it is that I'm trying to do in my business? Um, Because the brand design should never be the leader of it. Your work is obviously the leader and design. um, All it does is make your stuff look better. So that's really what we want to make sure that it's doing. And when we're talking about design, I like to use what's called the seasonal brand personality. Have you heard that before? Uh-uh. It's Okay, so it's a concept essentially that categorizes all visual elements into the four seasons. So that's everything from font to colors to even illustration style and props. You kind of um, divide it into the four seasons. And what that gives you is a vocabulary and sort of an idea to talk about when you're making design decisions because it's so easy to get caught up in words like, boho right and it's like well what does Mm -hmm. that actually mean um but when you're thinking about it in seasons you can say okay i know that the summer season feels like this and therefore these are the types of fonts or colors that i should gravitate towards so in that sense when we're looking at your website what i see a lot is that you are leaning summer um and summer is all about it's like that classic and timeless feel um even with your black and white photography it's not like you're doing super strong contrast of black and white right it's like very soft dreamy pretty lighting um Mm -hmm. and so i would really want you to lean into that and when I say summer I think you're like oh why isn't it a tropical summer they're British summers I guess so you're kind of like (laughs) these like pretty lagoons and what have you um perfect yeah so that's that's sort of what I'm getting off of that and I think what we can do to sort of see where we can um expand on that is because summer by itself when it's just summer it's more elegant and pretty pretty and very wedding marble you know all of those sort of almost precious things which I don't really see from your image so Mm -hmm. what I kind of think about is how do we balance that out right and add in some of the other nuances that we want to bring in so when we think of the word simple um, and thinking of all of the connotations of it do you feel like you want to add in more of that sort of warmth and coziness and authenticity of the word personality and simplicity and honesty that I also see in your website or does it feel like you want to add in more of the delight and fun and creative energy of that personality word that you have Um, which way do you feel like you're kind of leaning right now I don't know I I do feel like I have really felt lately like a little bit torn in that way Mm -hmm. um kind of like I've I I don't know if I could how to explain it but like whenever I initially started like I really felt like I wanted the brand to be really playful and creative and you know all of kind of that side but the more that I've gotten into it I also like kind of the element of like wanting to take these pictures and then be like, um, you know, something that is like an heirloom and that like stands the test of time and something that's like past kind of passed on, you know, for years to come. I also really love that element and like incorporating it into the brand. And so sometimes I've felt like that part of the brand, I wonder if it goes matches with the kind of like, 
playful branding or if those clash. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where I've, I've felt like it a little bit of a face off of like, how can I incorporate this all together? But still like, especially like in your last, you know, your two episodes that you did, like, I loved how you talked about personality and just like, I mean, so many, you had so many different great points, but like, it was just really solidified that for me of like the importance of it. And so I want to stay true to that because I am like, um, you know, I do feel like a lot of that is like a part of my personality, but I also really want to have a part of my brand that hones in on like these images being something that like, you know, you get a high quality print and you, it's something that you pass on. And like, so I don't know if that is answers your question at all, but (laughs) no, it totally does. And it really brings up this amazing point where, um, not every business is going to be just one season, right? And this is why these conflict, seemingly conflicting things need to come together and balance each other out, essentially. So in your example of, okay, so if we lean all the way into summer, then it's just going to be too much, right? And so it's about, okay, well, how do we then bring in some of the other pieces that feel like they're conflicting, but could play really nicely. Because essentially, when you're looking at the design, if you're kind of thinking about it tactically, there's a lot of elements that you can work with. And you can sort of think about it almost like building a balanced meal where you have your carbs and your vegetables and your protein too. And you're saying like, okay, well, you know, I want to have a sweet-ish meat today. So I'm going to have a little bit more sour vegetables and those all still work together. So in that sense, maybe if we are still going to stay you, are, with... Are say, you inviting yeah. us to come uh, eat a meal that yes. you're going to cook? Because that's, that's <laughs> what's... Exactly. I always use food metaphors, even though I'm a horrible <laughs> cook. Um, oh, I, I was impressed it, already. I was, get, I was yeah. getting ready to come over. Yeah. I'm, I'm a good eater, but not a good cook. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so in that same sense, right, we're kind of building this meal with your brand where even if you have a color, say, that's in that pretty timeless summer feel, we can then balance it out with things like what you're already sort of doing with your logo, which uses a really bold weighted font here, right? And so Mm -hmm. what that does is instead of it being just delicate lines and like pretty, pretty summer, it adds a little bit more gravitas to it. Um, And what this is doing currently for me is it's adding sort of... um, Uh, borrowing a little bit from the winter season, which is kind of more about like bold, contrasting, you know, which seems like it's a little bit different from your imagery, but it could add that feeling of professionalism, of, you know, luxury, of no fuss um, and expertise. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of an example of how it's borrowing from different seasons. And you just make sure that you're leading with one and adding the sprinkles of flavor from the other one. Okay. So if, you know, what I was kind of hearing a lot from when you were talking with Nathan and also when you were describing, you know, wanting to add all of these elements into the design, I think a summer slash winter would work really, really well for you. Okay. So because the summer season, like we were saying, it's the blues, it's the muted colors, um, it's the, you know, the soft lighting that you're already doing with your photography style, that would make a really good sort of lead singer of your brand design, right? He's the Justin Timberlake, which 
okay me because it, for me justin timberlake is always in sync and then with the sub season of winter you can start adding in things like the the bold graph um the bold contrast on the font right so if we were mm-hmm. leaning all the way summer then maybe your font would be in gray but instead we're doing it in black to give it that really strong graphic um statement there and then you know we're also doing I think you're doing a really good job of keeping everything super minimal as well, which is also within the um, winter personality of, you know, all the grid, um, the lines are straight, like there's no like overlapping, which makes it a little bit more organic and cozy. And that's more leaning towards the spring um, season per se. Right. So like all of those sort of um, elements do um, contribute to the overall feel of. Yeah, that's so interesting. um, Yeah. So if you're kind of thinking like, you know, I'm guessing and I'm kind of taking away from your website this sort of aesthetic that you have, which is you want things to, just like your experience, be no fuss, be straightforward, be simple and honest, and really just focusing on what's important, which is the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that would be a really cool adjustment to make there. And what I would do with your font is... um, maybe bring in a little bit more minimal um, and modern sans serif fonts in your body text. So I know that you already have a sans serif um, being used in the website for the header text. Um, That's Mm -hmm. stuff like your menu and then the when you scroll down on your bio part to the hi there I'm eating part that's in a sans serif which means that it doesn't have the feet at the bottom. Yeah. Um, Yeah and so that font would work really well in this sort of minimal place and um okay. i would actually also change your font color from gray to black like we were saying just like in okay. your um your logo to give it that contrast instead of just mm-hmm. leaning too much into the pretty pretty summer which is what the the colors are kind of doing right now okay um what else can we talk about and like i said all of this stuff you know at the end of the day we want to make sure that it looks good with your images right because the design mm-hmm. shouldn't be you know um conflicting with it or fighting with it um it just makes it look good so i love the straight lines that you're using definitely stay with that don't do like swirlies or like you know script fonts or anything like keep it really um for pun intended straightforward and i think that <laughs> but script really fonts well. are my favorite lisa i know i know they are so fun but you know just keep it straight i even i think the the plus sign really works with there too because they are also straight lines and really you know um mm-hmm. keeping all of that graphic there and yeah i, I don't know that like i i want to say that i was telling nathan this i love your website because it's so simple People fall into this trap so much where when they're just DIYing stuff, they do too much because they're like, oh, Mm. I need to be a designer and Mm -hmm. over-design things. Bad design is so horrible and nothing beats simple design, right? Mm. And you do that so, so well here with images. um, And I would have the same note as Nathan as well where I love all the photos at the top, but it does take a few scrolls to get down to that brand positioning statement or what mm-hmm. you, what it is that you do. Um, pictures are a thousand words, but we also don't want them to read a novel before we get to the part. So I think um, shortening that up and maybe breaking it up even with, we could do a bunch of images, you know, the, the positioning statement gets moved up and then follow up with more images and kind of do a sandwich 
my okay yeah I was gonna ask you about that like yeah how because I I mean I obviously did DIY this but I I didn't I wondered about like how if at all I could get the brain position like statement at the top with that even would kind of jive with Mm -hmm. the way like you know my brain to the side or how that would work yeah so are you currently using a template with this website i am so this is a show it um design and it's a yeah one that i bought gotcha gotcha so what i would personally do um is because I love, I mean, I love white hey, space. Hey, Lisa, do so me a favor and come a little yeah, closer to yeah. the mic if you don't mind. Oh, of course, of course. Thank so you. I love white space. So I want to keep this sort of feel too. You might even, instead of doing three columns of the images, go two columns or make the images a little bit smaller to give your um, logo area a little more breathing space and put mm-hmm. in your brand positioning right under there. Oh, okay. Right under my logo? Right under your logo. So it's, you okay. know, really all in one go you get the images you get your name and logo and you get your brand positioning statement oh that's a good Um, idea i had not even thought about that yeah i would love 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 to see that and then um i know nathan always talks about this in his shows um a call to action i love seeing call actions in the menu area i've seen that a lot with a lot of different websites and i think that would work really well here too where you have like a little button maybe in between your navigation and your socials, um, maybe at before the the vertical line that is okay. separating those two, have some sort of button up there of like mm-hmm. whether it's book a consultation or you know it's essentially what the contact is doing right now, but make it a little bit more prominent so that they okay. see that oh it's a button or you know oh that's my, what I'm supposed to be doing at this juncture mm-hmm. in my life. Okay. Okay. But yeah, other than that, I mean. Yes, that's great advice. Okay, thank you. Like Nathan was saying, you made our life so much easier because (laughs) you have an amazing thing going. Um, You know, take your photos as your lead always when you're um, making design decisions. So even if one day you're like, oh, I want to change out this blue um, and have a different color be my main brand color. Think mm-hmm. about, you know, the way that even you're editing your photos, like what are the colors that you love seeing punched up or toned down mm-hmm. and choose a color that kind of feels like it's in alignment with that. So if okay. we are going with the summer season for you, that would be a lot of like muted blues, um, cooler tone colors that are really just like uh, just gorgeous, which and I mm-hmm. really do like this blue with your brand right now. So I think that works really well. But if we were okay. doing something else, like oh, you can do like um, add in a little bit more red, which will make it a little warmer into like a purpley lavender color would be really pretty oh, here too, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were going a little more cooler, like a green, but not super like yellowy green and more like a turquoise leaning green would be really, really mm-hmm. nice too. Like the stitching okay. of that girl's dress would work mm-hmm. really well here too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I was going to ask you too, like, Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever like I, you know, picked my color palette, there was not a lot of rhyme or reason to it other than like I picked colors that just looked kind of playful. And so mm-hmm. like even like I mean, the blue, I knew I wanted the blue to be kind of the main color because I just love that color blue. And um, I felt like it wasn't too loud and wasn't too 
you know, like neutrals. I feel like everybody's doing neutrals right now and I just didn't want to just do neutrals. And, mm-hmm. um, but then like the, like on, I think it's on my, one of my pages, maybe on the portfolio page, or I use this, um, or no, it's on the details. I use this purple. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, did, that I did, yep. Does it feel like kind of, does it feel like it goes or does it feel like kind of just a grab, grab a color? <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. So I would, in addition to that purple, take a look at how that purple and the blue and the beige that you chose for your footer feel Mm -hmm. together. Um, And for me, it leans a little warmer, which means that it feels a little more red than what I would personally expect in a color palette. Um, My go-to formula when you are picking a color palette based on one main color that you love, which in this case would be the blue, is to get your main color and then add two colors that feel sort of in that same color family. So it's, you know, maybe a different version of that blue, like that blue, but a little more red and a little more purpley. So I think okay. with the purple that you actually have in your details, it's actually a lot more red and also a lot more, um, has a lot more color contrast in it versus the mutedness of the blue. So a little bit more muted, a little more blue purple, I think would work really well, as well as maybe like a more greeny, turquoisey blue version of your blue. Um, And that kind of rounds out your three um, main people there. Okay. Lisa, do you, do you, uh, sorry to interrupt, do you use any kind of palette, like color palette generators? This is something I've used um, in some of my, at least efforts at design in the past. Is that something that you recommend or what are your thoughts on that? I do like color palette generators, especially if you just have that one color and you just want to, you know, call it a day. But I feel like color is so personal to people that sometimes Mm. you want a color to work with the color that you have that maybe a generator and that sort of like mathematical algorithm won't think that it works together right because but even when if you're like you know what i want to do red white and blue even though that's like super american flag there are reds and whites and blues that can work together without it being so primary color right because there are a million shades of gray as the popular book had said also and there's also a million (laughs) shades of red million (laughs) shades of blue that work together and can complement each other Hmm. so i think it could work as a really great starting point and then maybe you look at one of the colors because it's probably going to do a lot of very similar feeling colors and you're like okay well i don't want like three greens in my palette maybe you just swap out one of the greens for a color that you do like and then Um, try to tone down the saturation or change up some of the color proportions to make it into the version of purple that works with your blue. Okay. Do you recommend any particular, like if, if, I I know for me, I like to have some starting point, like some frame of reference. Mm -hmm. I've personally Mm -hmm. used, uh, it's it's called Coolers, C-O-O-L-O-R-S. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's a good one. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll pull it up here for anybody who's who's curious, but is, is that, I mean, just as a starting place, is that something that you would recommend or is is there another generator that you prefer? I like coolers and honestly, most of the generators are pretty equal. So I would say just um, choose based on the UI that you like because that Mm. also, you know, changes a lot. Mm -hmm. And any color generator, most of them will also have a color wheel that you can play with. So when I'm saying like, you know, oh, add more red to it, you're just Mm. kind of 
going more on the red side mm-hmm. add more oh, okay. saturation to it means like oh go up higher to the the more ready part of it and then mm-hmm. desaturate for you would be like go more towards like the gray part of that color wheel so you're going to okay. build it that way um and then it'll also give you the hex code of it so that you can mm-hmm. have that as a cheat sheet on the side put, place that everywhere so whenever you need to make your update on your website you know that hex code by by um memory which is what yeah. you aim towards. <laughs> you probably you, know that blue code off the top of your head. I, so. I haven't used it in a while, but I did have it pretty much memorized. <laughs> and I would like lose it and then have to go find it. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you also recommend any particular site, Lisa, for, I mean, you, you mentioned earlier the font, like maybe shifting the font a little bit to something to sans serif, maybe a little simpler. Mm-hmm. Is, do you have any particular fonts that you'd recommend or do you do you recommend going to a particular site to look at those? How, how do you recommend approaching that? So for me, I love Google fonts because they're free mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and most websites uh, like services, whether it's Show It or even Canva when you're making things will have a Google font. So I hate having to find a font that I love that only one website has and try to find another font that looks kind of like it when I have to use Mm. that font on my, Mm -hmm. you know, website or on Canva or what have you. So if you find something that you like on here, you will know that it's everywhere. So I would always recommend going there unless you want to start paying for fonts and then kind of downloading it to all of the places that you want to use it in. But it's kind of a pricey investment to make especially when you're kind Mm -hmm. of starting out and you're not even sure if you're married to that font like start dating around with the google fonts (laughs) the tinder of fonts google fonts yeah yeah and then you can always swap it out when you don't like it and see what (laughs) oh man we could go so many directions with that that's fine okay so fun do you and i don't want to put you on the spot but do you is there a font or two off just off the top of your head that you might suggest she at least take a look at um, based on your recommendations earlier let's see here so i really love i would say keep the sans serif so the the header font that you have right now i really like that um so i would say keep that and then with i did see a couple places i think it might have been portfolio where i saw a different font being used as your header so make sure that all Mm -hmm. of the headers are the same um especially when you're just starting out i would say just pick two fonts one for your headers and one for your body text and kind of call it a day okay then it keeps it pretty easy for everything um mm-hmm. yeah so that i know that portfolio is probably a different font so i would say adjust that um and then for your body font i do like this serif font so this is a serif because it has the little feet right those are the the prettier fonts as I like to call mm-hmm. them because they kind of you know feel like a book and kind of antique and really pretty um this is kind of leaning more into that summer season too right because it's very delicate it has to really you know thin lines um I do love this I think you can also play with something like um is what font is this is this Laura or is this a different one I think it is Laura, actually. It is Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Laura's good eye. It's it's my favorite, one of my favorite serifs. Like. So oh, really? That's there. funny. Yeah, okay. It's I love this one. I think would work really well. And what is the font that you're using right now for your um, for the logo? Um, I'm not sure. Let me see. Oh, you know so, what? That's actually um, it's in Canva. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So I so just made that, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another way that you can play with it too. So say that you know you find whatever that font is. 
if that font has different weights, like if they do have a regular weight um, of it not being so bold, then you can use that as your body text as well is another oh, way we okay. can keep I hadn't thought about kind that. of consistent. Yeah, so if you do find a, this, sometimes there's this unicorn font that you love and it also comes in a gajillion different versions. You can mm-hmm. then use that same font, but in its different weights to give it different feels but it still is very cohesive and it kind of goes consistent. Together. Okay. Yeah. That's my cheaty way of um, picking <laughs> fonts. No, that's a great, that's a great idea. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Before we finish up here, Eden, any, any last questions for Lisa or myself regarding all this? And by the way, Lisa, I, I just love how like tangible and practical that experience was just now. So thank you so much for, for sharing all your advice and wisdom. Yeah, that was awesome. Yay. I, I don't, I, my tendencies and Lisa knows this well about me at this point, but I, I'm, I do tend to be a bit more of a black and white person, literally and figuratively. And, and so to have Lisa's advice and expertise when it comes to the, the more creative side is, is really, really lovely. And, and I, I've, I guess I've never would have thought about thinking of colors from a season seasonal standpoint, but that's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like it like simplifies it for mm-hmm. me at least. Yeah, and it's also a Google search away where if you search, you know, summer brand seasonal personality, then it will give you different palettes as well. So you can even use that as a launching point when you're building your um, color palettes and say like, oh, maybe this Uh, blue is, you know, more specific blue that I like and then kind of build Mm -hmm. it from there. Lisa, before we we finish up, will you just share briefly for our listeners, because I I really want them to know how they can find you, follow you online, reach out to you if, if they're looking for... Um, conversation and services ultimately similar to what we did here today. Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So my website is alettestudio.com. Um, you can find all of my info there. I'm hanging out on Instagram a lot. So if there's something that we talked about today, like, oh, I want to know what my season is, like what what are some ways that I can add sub-seasons into my branding? You could just send over a DM. I'm nice for the most part so you can definitely um chat me up there and i love um geeking out about all things branding with everyone perfect yeah nice for the most part <laughs> like that. yeah you know i want to be honest right <laughs> <laughs> yes well i i really appreciate both of you thank you eden for letting us have this conversation today too i mean it, yes. it's it's so helpful and valuable for those that can listen in and learn from this whole conversation because it really isn't discussed nearly enough in the industry but i appreciate you being willing to have the conversation live and on air for everybody else's benefit thank you lisa as well for making time for us and sharing your wisdom i really really appreciate it Thank y'all so much. This was a lot of fun. That was so much fun.